Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condo with Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mister Mister Ben Errington. How you doing, man? You right? I'm good, man. How the devil are you? All good. All good. How's the garage? Temperature-wise, temperature is an even. I'd say twenty-four. Ooh. It feels about like that's about right, isn't it? I think maybe a, a tad warm. But... <laughs> maybe a tad warm. Yeah, but it's fine. a bit of sweat, sweat on the neck and around the armpits. Yeah, I'm glad the weather's getting cooler now because I I was definitely struggling. I feel like now I've hit my hit my stride in terms of temperature. I'm yeah. comfortable with the time. I can exercise without feeling like I'm going to die. It's the rain that it gets me. You know, there's so days... long summer. Oh, rainy days. Hate rainy days. Hate 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 rainy days. Kind of like rainy days because no. I feel like what, like one afternoon. I did I'll accept one afternoon of moist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept one afternoon of moist. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I quite like it. I think it gives me an excuse to just be indoors and just chill and do things. When it's sunny, I get that guilt that kind of creeps in, where it's like, "Come on, you should be out doing things, throwing a frisbee or something." Throwing a frisbee. <laughs> I yeah. think I've, on I don't your think own. I get guilty on your own. that much about not throwing frisbees. Very rare do I get guilty about that. Yeah. <laughs> on your own, throwing a frisbee on Some your own. Some people get Catholic e- guilt. Well. <laughs> you get fr- frisbee guilt. <laughs> Survivor's guilt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah. uh, it's been a couple of weeks yeah, since man. the last episode. There have been some things happening in the world of horror. Have there really? I've said that, but now I feel like ha- I've, have I missed something? There have been kind of some stuff. I haven't seen that much knocking about. News-wise, not been too much happening, is there? No, not all that much, really. I, I say that there was a, some talk of a new Alien film. Oh being yeah, Ridley Scott pre-productions underway. Riddling Scott, yeah, riddled Scott. Um, apparently, there's there's a it was it's called Alien Awakening, or at least that's a working title for it. Okay. Um, but apparently, it's gone a bit stale. 
Although I've heard Ridley Scott <laughs> has gone a bit stale, like a biscuit that's been left out. Yeah. Um, but apparently he's, he's going to go back and rethink the next Alien film. Because I heard it again, it was going to be like a not related to anything, not related yeah. to Prometheus, not related to Covenant, which is strange because we kind of thought that next up was going to be a, like a new trilogy that were all linked together. Mm. Um, but Disney have purchased 20th Century Fox. So what that, I don't, who knows what that's going to mean for the franchise going forward. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're not going to PG-13 it or make it relevant mm. for children. I like but, uh, most of Ridley's, Ridley's work. But I'm a big fan of his chewing gum. You should go back to Nick and chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, he's got some good chewing gum. Oh, Ridley. It was weird when they said, I'm making films, but I'm also going to make some minty gum. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and so he's he's made a new HBO series called Raised by Wolves. Which oh, looks that looks like really a, good. Yeah, that's good. It does look really good. I've heard the reviews have been quite mixed. Um, yeah. Like tonally, it maybe doesn't quite know what it is. But it does look really good. And it's like a... Is it like an original property? Is it based on a book? I don't know. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's like androids and humans getting raised by androids and then like these humans who want to get the kids away from the androids. Seems very, very exciting stuff. I'd like to give it a go. But there's so many things I've got to give a go. I've got like a never-ending list of shows currently. The Boys is back in town. The Boys is back in town. (laughs) I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, Have you been watching The Boys? So I've seen the first series, but basically yeah. I've got a list now of stuff that I kind of need to watch before I start anything new. Okay. So I've got yeah. that. I've got Lovecraft Country that I haven't watched yet. Um, yeah. Well, the Boyd is so easy to put on. Like it's it's like a refreshing glass of orange juice on a summer's day. Like it's just you can just Ooh. stick that on and not worry about anything for an hour. It's just so don't worry easy. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need maybe I need to go and check it out because um, I liked the first series. But I think as time's gone by, I haven't looked back on it as fondly as perhaps I thought I would. Mm. I've kind of looked back on it and go, like, I'm not, I didn't feel super excited about a second series. I was like, eh, eh, oh, well. Yeah. More of that, is it? Uh, <laughs> it yeah, is, I need to watch it is definitely, It's more of that. So if you want more, more of that, that, this is how you get yeah. more of that. Um, uh, what else? I still need to finish The Umbrella Academy. I think I got halfway through that second series and just... I'm just not very good at watching series. Series. I very rarely watch series these days. Like, like I said, it has to be like the boys because it just has to be something I can. I don't mind putting on. See for that. Oh, Seinfeld. That's quite easy to put on at the minute. Yeah, yeah. I watched all of um, I'm Alan Partridge recently. Yeah. Because that is just that. Just before bed, a little Alan Partridge episode. Maybe two yeah. if I'm feeling extra special. X Files yeah. is good for that as well. You can stick around the X Files on. Yeah. Be happy with that. Yeah. Good, all good stuff. But I feel like I, I enjoy watching films. It's like a one and done, and that you kind of watch the film. It's over. There yeah. we go. That's yeah. it. You don't have to go. What? No commitment. <laughs> no commitment. No commitment. No. Exactly. Um. So news-wise, apart from that, apparently The Walking Dead is going to enter its final season in 2022. That's going to be it. Series 11. I don't think I've seen it since series seven, maybe seven or eight. And apparently it's going to be a spin-off uh, with Daryl and Carol. <laughs> Carol and Daryl. Um, so I don't know what that's going to be called. Just call it Carol and Daryl because that would just be a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Norman Reedus. Yeah, let's see more stuff with him in for sure. 
I'm surprised he hasn't added more of a sort of movie career. I'm surprised he hasn't. I don't even know. It's been like a. Has he like headed up a single film? He was in, in the Blade, lead man, Blade, No, I don't think so. But Blade Two. Yeah, Blade. that was a long time ago. Yeah. I thought after Walking Dead he was going to start popping up in everything, but he seems to have gone popped up in Death Stranding, and then he seems to have gone. I'll just stick to the Walking Dead for now and my little spin-off series. But uh, apparently, yeah. like, there's Fear of the Walking Dead. There's something called The Walking Dead World Beyond, which apparently is about the first generation raised in the apocalypse. Mental. It's almost too much. Well, I I saw a part of episode one, and then I was like, I'm jumping off. I'm jumping off here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had some highlights, and I had some lowlights, and I had some really lowlights. And then I kind of just got bored. See you later. Goodbye. Not interested anymore. I think yeah. when it was close, close to the comic storylines, it did really well. Um, but then it kind of felt like it was going over the same ground over and over again. The group gets somewhere safe. Then a new group threaten their safety. Then a main character dies. Yeah. And over and over and over and over and over. That's pretty much it. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go to it and watch <laughs> it at some point. But it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? So apparently the a novel by Adam Neville called No One Gets Out Alive, uh, the writer of The Ritual, is also being adapted for Netflix. Um, tells the story of an immigrant in search of an American dream who, after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape. The worst type of nightmare. Yeah, I've only read that one Adam Neville book, The Ritual, but it was better. The movie's great, but it was better than the movie. So oh really? I've not, yeah, I've not read the book, so that is very really good. Yeah, yeah, I love the movie though. So, do you, do you ever feel like you can go and read a book after you've seen the film? Uh, yeah. Um, well, speaking of which, the new Charlie Kaufman movie came out recently. I'm thinking thinking of ending things, and I've not read the book, but everyone I know who'd read the book said you should read the book, and I watched mm. the film, and I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman fan. But I wasn't that keen on it. It felt too obtuse. Oh. I didn't have you seen it? No, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. um, it's on the list. It, it felt too obtuse. Is that what you just? <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, a lot of Charlie Kaufman stuff is, but this felt like almost like unreadable. Like it felt Lynchian in some <clears> ways. Um, that's what. I... In a different way. But then someone told me <clears> people who'd read the book said, "Oh, it's about this," and then see, finding out what the actual story was about. I was like, oh, okay, that does make more sense. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it now. But I feel like maybe for people who haven't read the book, like it doesn't. Mm. I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> like you need a certain you need a certain plot point for it to work. Well, I kind of felt like that with Charlie Kaufman stuff. Like, um, am I saying it right? Synecdoche, New York. Is that you say it? Synecdoche. Yeah, I love Synecdoche, New York, and I didn't like it I know the first you do. time. Yeah, I didn't like it the first time, but there's so much in that film. Like you could just go back and find more and more in it. I've only seen it once, and it was a long time ago. And I remember, maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind for it, but I was like, what is going on? What is going on? Yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I'll feel like that about... I, I, I saw a tweet where someone said, I feel sorry for everybody who puts on I'm thinking of ending things this weekend and thinks it's going to be a normal movie. Yeah, it's, it's weird because, I mean, like Eternal Sunshine... Uh, Bean Joe Makovic, those kind of those are amazing films that I kind of feel like anyone could watch and get into and enjoy the mm. oddity of it because it's still kind of approachable. But yeah. now that he's making his own, directing his own stuff, 
the anomaly set was kind of grounded, but still not a normal film. Synecdoche, New York is the opposite of a normal film. Like it's it's yeah. an, ins- an insane. I feel like this film's kind of a bridge between the two, but it's way more obtuse. Like there is no discernible plot. <laughs> like you, you I mean, it, <laughs> not not until like someone told me what it was actually about. I'm gonna go to it again, but I don't know. But then again, I say sometimes I say these things about films, and then they become my favorites. Same with albums, mm-hmm. like some music albums. I don't like it first. So I feel like I don't understand it. And then that's the thing that keeps me going back to it because I keep going back yeah. and going, oh, okay, and you yeah. go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to want to check out. Um, and I will. And I will. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got really for news. Have you watched anything else this this week or so? Uh, I watched Venom because it was on Netflix. And I, I've, watched, <laughs> oh, nice. I've watched a couple of these things, a couple of these films where it's like, I've not, I think, <laughs> I think what happened, I'd watched, I'm thinking of ending things and love exposure, which is, <laughs> My preferring oh. Sion Sono thing, and it's a four-hour film. That's an insane film. Yeah. But that's really good. And I was like, I put on Venom, and then I put on Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I just needed some, like just stuff that I didn't need to you think just... about. <clears throat> Had you seen either of those before? No, no. Um, Venom was way better than I was expecting it to be. Not good yeah. like, in any sense of the word. But I've been led to believe that it was like utter dog shite, like it was one big steaming dog egg. But it wasn't. It was. <laughs> it was completely fine. Um, I've only seen it once. Yeah. But maybe I need to see it again. But I remember it being a bit of a clusterfuck, and I kind of hated the final battle where there was loads of stuff going on. I was like, "What the hell's?" I thought it's fine. I mean, the t- like twelve-year-old me would have been like watching that on repeat on VHS, getting those tracking lines because you watched the video too much. It was, like, <laughs> it was just. It was completely fine, and like it was funny. It was kind of dark in a, in a certain sense the Venom character kind of felt to me like how Venom speaks, they got the voice they did the voice quite well I think Let, can I, just one one thing, Lady Venom what the fuck was all that about? Oh yeah yeah, well I mean don't, if you don't think about it too, I mean, it's not, not a good film <laughs> it's just completely watchable, like it's I mean I, I watched some shit as a kid this would have been right up there with the shit I used to watch <laughs> um, um you want to yeah, uh, uh, I'm just looking back at my review of it, and I've written there are times I even forgot Tom Hardy was Tom Hardy during this film, and not in a good way. <laughs> it's like I don't, it's just I forgot he was Tom Hardy. I was like, what the fuck is he saying? What is he doing? I tell you what, it reminded me of, yeah. and I've written that here as well. It reminded me of Ghost Rider at times. Oh, I've not seen that Ghost sort Rider. of okay, that sort of level of like superhero film, like something from yeah. ten years ago. With Nicolas Cage like being over the top while his head caught on fire, it reminded me of that. Well, maybe uh, maybe, maybe it is. But then, I mean, there's some funny bit. I like Tom Hardy getting in the lobster. Oh so. <laughs> yeah, what's on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, I've only seen I've only seen it the once, so it might be I might be worth yeah. going back to doing a rewatch. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's not good. Uh, but Valerian, okay. The thing about Valerian in the City of a Thousand oh, yeah. Planets. Have you seen this? Yeah. Okay, I love. The fifth element sci-fi style world, like the design, the aesthetic is fantastic. Mm. And there's so many great little ideas in this film, but the, the lead characters and the story is not <laughs> like it's just not fun. It's just not watchable. And like Dane DeHaan is not There's nice. something about that Dane DeHaan where I don't know if it's since the Amazing Spider Man, but I just yeah. can't stand the sight of him. Yeah. <laughs> I just well, can't evil, stand the sight of him. Evil bat yeah, I know what you mean. 
Like he doesn't, he shouldn't be playing like a lead action hero, cool guy type. Even sounds like, like he's putting on a voice in this film. Like he's trying to talk more like, like Nathan Fillion or someone like that. Like trying to be witty and. Isn't Rihanna in it? Yeah. Yeah, and then she dies. Spoiler, but I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple of good bits. The best bits are where it's there's a bit like where Dane DeHaan's like running through walls. And every time it goes through a wall, it's like in a different, completely different atmosphere, like a different planet, like a completely different aesthetic. Um, those bits are kind of great, but they're, they're just as the story itself doesn't pull you through. It's kind of boring. It just made I me think... kind of think I want to watch Fifth Element again. Yeah, I I went to the cinema to see this, and I think I kind of Luke Besson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I kind of at the time at least came out of it thinking, yeah, that was pretty good. But it's, again, it's 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 all right. Been I mean, a few years, three years. Luke Besson's a um, I you know he's got a very specific style. M- mostly his style is like a name that starts with L for the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leon, crazy. Lucy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just those two films. But... Uh, Luke, there's a film about <laughs> you. Up. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, it's, so it's we cool. both. Yeah. So we both saw Tenet as yeah. well. Okay, yeah, Maybe yeah. We discuss that briefly. Uh, You're a Nolan fan anyway, right? Oh, yeah, definitely a Nolan fan. And although I think the only film of his that I was a bit lukewarm on, mm-hmm. lukewarm, was Dunkirk, which I think I, could kind of, I think I could kind of appreciate the, uh, the, the scale of it and the Harry Styles of it. Yeah. But I think I was a bit like, a bit meh on that. Um, wasn't particularly, but then for me it didn't feel so much like a like a Christopher Nolan film. Whereas I think this definitely did feel like a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, it felt like a, like a, a James Bond audition. Like it was like I want to do the next James Bond film. How do I show people that I can yeah. do that? Mm. Um, I mean, I tell you what, the soundtrack is amazing. And soundtrack nuts. Yeah, certain bits. Um. I probably don't want to spoil it, spoil it too much because people probably still want to go and watch it. Um, but there's certain bits, uh, like halfway through the film, a thing happens, and then a guy goes for a thing, and then it. It's, Nolan does that a lot. He does it really well, where it feels like you've gone to a certain place where you didn't think the film would go, and it's like you're going into a completely new world. Like the bit where in Interstellar, when he goes over the black hole, you think that's the end of the film. No, it's going to yeah. get some, it's gonna more. More's going to happen there now. Um, there's a bit in, in this, and I was like, "That's amazing!" Like he he can create movie old school movie magic. He can still kind of wow <clears> you. Yeah, and there's lots of stuff in this film that like I've never seen before. Yeah, in a film, or at least never seen it done this way. And I think up until about the halfway point, I was pretty much not into it. I was yeah. thinking, "Nah, I'm not quite feeling this. Like this something not not quite working for me." I didn't understand. And some... <laughs> I didn't understand. No. Part. And then something like sort of clicked into place about halfway through, and I felt like, okay, I think I understand what's happening now. Yeah. But then a spanner kind of goes into the works in the final act, where I was thought I understood the rules, and then certain things were happening, and it was like, yeah, the big, it was pretty the nuts. big fight scene. There's so much going on, in and the timelines are going both ways. I had no idea. <laughs> I had literally yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what was going on. <clears throat> It was. It was. I thought it was, it was very innovative. 
it's a very experimental, pretty groundbreaking. Um, but it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a cinematic experience. One that, one that's yeah. probably the best to see on the big screen. And, you know, even if you didn't like it, I think you just can still appreciate the level of fault that's gone into the filmmaking because I think the only thing I didn't like was there are big old exposition dumps. Sometimes it was like, right, these are the rules. Yeah. There's a lot and here's why. And, and I think maybe the stakes were too high. It kind of became an end of the world scenario when I thought maybe it didn't need that. I don't think it needed that. You know, it could have, in terms of James Bond, I mean, I know sometimes we get end of the world scenarios, especially in like the old, with the older films. But I think as time goes on with the newer Bond films, the stakes are a little bit lower. They're kind of like, yeah, something to do with international security rather than someone's going to blow up the whole world. And I think maybe the stakes yeah. needed to be a bit smaller. And I think I would have been a lot more into it. Well, it's like Inception, like the stakes in that. Although they, they do try, they try and make them out to be a lot bigger than they are. Like it's just a business thing. Like mm. someone wants someone to break up a company. Like yeah. it's quite a really yeah. small, weird little end goal. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I want to watch it again. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I just was very baffled by a lot of it. Yeah, and I think it needs another watch to for me to fully understand some some parts of it but yeah. yeah i'd definitely i'd definitely check it out again for sure yeah man what else i think that's mostly uh yeah that's mostly it other than fright nights okay i got just a couple more but i'll, I'll, yeah. I'll speed on through them so i saw the train to busan sequel that peninsula yeah, I didn't realize uh, that that's cool so pretty disappointing it felt really generic based on the train like train to Busan. I rewatched that as well and that's like unbelievably great. Uh just like really action uh action heavy and just like feels same same filmmakers. I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. I'm not sure. But yeah, it feels like that that feels like a really good zombie film that kind of breaks the mold in a way. Yeah. Whereas Peninsula just feels pretty basic, you know, feels like a long Walking Dead episode. The effects were a bit naff. Um, hmm. that's pretty much it. Um, and then I did see the new mutants as well, which kind of like oh, yeah. tries to be a bit like a horror film. It kind of wants to be a horror film, but it like never fully commits. Yeah. Like as right. We're a horror film now, but actually we're not going to commit. And it was, it wasn't great. It was pretty messy, but I think overall it was entertaining enough. It's just, it feels like the end of this era of X-Men yeah. films and it doesn't feel new in any sense which i old think it was mutants. trying to be yeah it was like yeah. old mutants. i i was uh i might have read this wrong the guy who created the new mutants complained firstly because it yeah, doesn't that's true it doesn't match the new mutants tone but also because they spelled his name wrong in the credits or something. yeah 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 so i think they've they've definitely um taken some liberties with the characters not just you know the nationality of some of the characters and the way the characters are presented. But yeah, they also spelt Bob, Bob, Bob McLeod. Bob, they spelt to be fair, wrong, that McLeod, that, the McLeod surname can be spelt in a number of ways. And sometimes it's yeah. not spelled how you think it should be spelt. I think someone would have just Googled it though. Yeah. Someone just done a quick Google, but they've gone there. But yeah, 
I mean, I'm not massively familiar with some of the characters. I'm more familiar with some than others. But apparently they just took some liberties with the characters in ways that he wasn't particularly happy with. But, yeah, it's entertaining enough for 90 minutes, but it's not going to change your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I felt kind of the same with Mulan as well. So I watched Mulan this week. Um, and it's just a bit soulless in terms of... In, I mean, I've not enjoyed many of the Disney live action remakes but this just feels a bit soulless it's not really got any music or any of the more fantastical the, elements the red dragon there is no red dragon um, was she watched the right mulan i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely was um but it just feels like the, the magic of mulan just felt like it was just void of that and it just yeah yeah i was pretty disappointed for... there's some great music as well in the uh yeah, exactly. There were no songs. You thought maybe that, that that they put some like orchestral cues. Yeah, well, they're using it for the like, trailer, aren't they? Were familiar. Oh, there's also that Donny Osmond song. <laughs> that's, that's really good. There's like some metal covers of it. Do you know, um, it's you Donny Osmond song. <laughs> it's that good. Um, it's like a like a training montage um, song. I'll find. I'll find. Oh, what the, well, the let's get down to business song. Let's get down to get down business. Down to business. To I thought you were talking about. I didn't know. That. Is that Donny Osmond? Yeah. The Huns. Yeah. Did they yeah. send me that? Daughter? That is. Or did they that send is probably the best. Me guns. <laughs> <laughs> did okay. they send me, me bums? <laughs> um, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite Disney songs. And uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't in there. So yeah, that was pretty disappointing. That's tragic. And I'll just quickly, quickly do a little little slap through some some horror i watched i, I wanted oh, cool. to watch some 90s slash 2000s yeah you've been watching i watched a couple i watched valentine uh 2001 valentine i don't remember it massively well it's got denise richards and what's david, his name angel david Burian, david yeah, Burian, Burian, yeah yeah basically <laughs> every single character in this film sucks the men are like the worst people in the world like they're the absolutely women. awful everyone's a twat the women are just shallow and horrible and bitches. And I just think, who am I supposed to be rooting for? I want the killer to just kill everyone. Angel. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Angel yeah. was awful. Angel was so boring. Oh. I was just like, what is he doing there? He was just shoved in for the sake it was him. And then the final reveal is like meaningless to the point where there are is no he, repercussions. He's not the killer. To it. He's the killer, right? I thought. Spoil, oh, we'll, we're spoiling Valentine 2001. He is the killer, yeah. but it gives you no reason or understanding to why he's the killer and how he became part of these people's lives because it says he was like a kid who was bullied um, and he had a nosebleed. But I was like, <laughs> I was like beyond caring. It revealed him as the killer and then it ends. So you don't get any reason yeah. or, or anything for it. Yeah. I was beyond caring. <laughs> it was Even the kills weren't that good. There's like a kill in a hot tub, which I suppose is kind of all right. Denise Richards. But yeah. Denise Richards in the hot tub. Um, I wonder why I remember that. I wonder why you remember that, you dirty boy. <laughs> Denise Richards is looking peak for Denise Richards in this film, may I just say. Around about the time she was in the Bond film as well, I think. Yeah. Um, Christmas. Isn't that her name? Christmas Jones. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why I remember that. I watched, <laughs> I watched, uh, I watched Urban Legend as well. Yeah. I've got quite fond memories of this. And you know what? Yeah. Much, much better than Valentine. Uh, pretty fun. It's got Jared Leto in it and Tara Reid and a few other yeah. people. It's a pretty, like for a post-Scream 90s slasher, it's solid. 
the twist at the end doesn't make all that much sense. It, logically, you're a bit like, well, would this have happened if this was the case? I used but, to yeah. love this genre of films growing up. Um, and there's like certain scenes that I remember, like something about Pop Rocks and Coke. That I said, yeah. and I think Jared Leto or one of them pretends oh, to... There was one of the worst moments in this <laughs> film, though. This, this, this film like made me cringe so hard. So it's got... Um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? The dude, Joshua Jackson, isn't it? From uh, Dawson's Creek. There's an awful bit where he gets in a car and another character gets in the car with him and he turns the radio on and the Dawson's Creek theme is playing. Yeah, and he lame. turns it, and he turns it off and goes, "Oh no, not that!" And I just think, <laughs> "Why is that in the film?" Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in nineteen ninety eight, everyone knew he was in Dawson's Creek. You didn't need it to go Ooh. awful. Yeah. Oh, there's, oh, there's um, a few death scenes, like the microwave thing. I remember kind of getting to. Oh, and there's like the bleach, like toilet, like toilet declogging yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty brutal. So I kind of watch these as an appetizer because i thought we could we could watch and do an episode on i know we did last summer if you're game for that i was gonna suggest just before you even said that i was like you know which, which one you should watch is i know what you did last summer there's um, we've discussed it as uh, one of the possible ones we should do yeah so i think let's just do it next there's another one of that era that's meant to be good that i've never seen uh cherry falls i, I always yeah. hear that one coming up in, in those somebody sort of said something somebody said something about that recently yeah um and I don't think I've seen that, so maybe I'll add either. that to yeah. the list. These films have been really hard to get hold of, though. So, like, Urban Legend and Valentine, I ended up having to, like, rent them on YouTube because I couldn't find them on any streaming service. Yeah. Uh, Cherry Falls has got um, Brittany Murphy in it. I think my mum mentioned that to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, from 8 Mile, the, the one who died, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the, la- the last one I'm going to mention, so I watched The Dead Zone last night, uh, the David Cronenberg Stephen King adaptation with Christopher Walken, um, who ends up in a coma for five years, not doing much walking, and uh, <laughs> and uh, he wakes up, and he's got like psychic powers. Stephen King loves a good psychic powered protagonist. Yeah. Is it Michael? Is it Michael? Not Michael Douglas, is it? Who's the? Um... Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. The... That's the one. So there's yeah, like yeah. a there's like a bastard. Um, a bastard. Yeah. A bastard politician, who Christopher Walken sees as like launching some nukes he becomes president launches some nukes so he decides to like go and take him down it's not really a horror film no it's weird like it's science fiction thriller i guess you'd say but christopher walken's great in it he's he's awesome and it's just a really good it feels just like a really good well-made film um yeah. it doesn't feel cronenberg too much i guess this was this is 83 so this was just yeah, Stevie King had fly. like um, a right yes. good time around that time. So, Shining, uh, what else came out? <laughs> I think that all of the big ones came out around that time, right? Carrie, Carrie was in the late seventies. The Shining, uh, what else? Probably Christine around about then, nineteen eighty-five. Christine possibly yeah. Pet yeah. Cemetery probably a few years after. Uh, At some point, the, the quality started to dip. <laughs> And then what? the floodgates were open. No way. Yeah. So another one I've got on my list to watch is Thinner. Uh, it's a great book. I've not seen it. In fact, I think I saw it on Netflix and I was reading the book at the time. I, I was wondering how they were doing some bits so I kind of flicked through. It didn't look as good as the images in my directed mind. Directed by Tom Holland who also directed a yeah. film called Fright Night. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you like that segue? Do you enjoy like that it. segue? It's good. Love there we segue. go. 
Uh, Fright Night. Have you seen the remake, by the way? The, the Colin yes, one. I have seen the remake, but around about the time it came out and not since. So I don't yeah, remember. Same, what that same. Yeah. I just remember who's in it. David Tennant. David Tennant. Is Colin it Tennant Farrell. or Tennant? Tennant. Tennant. Okay. Tennant. The Tennant. Where if it's Tennant, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anton Yelchin as well. Uh, Anton Yelchin is great. So, Fright Night. 1985 American horror film written and directed by Tom Holland in his directorial debut. That's pretty special, isn't it? Mm. Uh, the film follows young Charlie Brewster, who discovers his next door neighbor Jerry Dandridge is a vampire. When no one believes him, Charlie decides to get Peter Vincent, a TV show host who acted in films as a vampire hunter, to stop Jerry's killing spree. Yeah. Um, IMDb has got 7.1, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think the user score, the user rating was like 77. Letterbox. 92. Yeah. On like 30 reviews as well, so... Ah, well. Right. Yeah, Letterboxd, 3.6. Um, have you got much of a history with this film? I remember like seeing just the VHS cover Yeah. in like my mum's collection for a long time. And I think I remember on the back, it's got a picture of um, the girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the face. Um, with the face, and yeah. I just remember looking at it and thinking, "Oh my god, I never ever want to watch that." Yeah, it took me a few years to get around to watching it, but I think I watched probably watched it when I was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, um, and I remember being really scared of it, and in particular the werewolf or like wolf transformation scene, which like seems to go on forever. Yeah, and seems to have so many different levels to it. <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> I just remember being really scared of that and like just not wanting to really look. So, and I think I'll, I've probably seen it a few times since then, but this was the first time in a while. See, I don't think I watched it growing up at all. I think um, the first time I, I kind of recognized some of the imagery from it, but I think the first time I watched it was maybe three years, I think maybe even when we were doing this show. Um, but okay. it's a bit, now I, I do watch it, I see it as the sort of the 80s classic. Like it's such a, like a classic setup and the, the, the prosthetic horror Makeup is is so exemplary of this time. It seems to me like a pretty iconic uh, 80s horror film. So I don't know why I never sort of yeah. watched it, never got around to it. I've really misremembered it, though, because when I was watching it, I remembered there being far more vampires in it. Maybe I've, like, is remembered the sequel. The sequel. Yeah. It might be the sequel, yeah. I think I need to go and watch the sequel again because yeah. I was a bit confused when um when there was... Because re- really, there's only two vampires in it, isn't there? Well, three. Yeah, but I'm not sure about one of them, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Because one of them yeah. is in the daylight, but I, I don't know. Uh, but he he does get staked, fully... so he does. He must be yeah. a vampire. Yeah. Maybe not fully gone all the way yet. Yeah. He's on um, second base. Yeah. So um, Chris Sarandon, who, I mean, I recognise, I guess, but not from much recently. He plays Jerry Dandridge, the vampire. Very smooth mm. looking guy. Um, Very smooth. Charlie Brewster, uh, which is a great name. I think that it's just such a good name for that kind of character. Peter Vincent as well. That's a great, great character name. He plays yep. like uh, Roddy McDowell plays Peter Vincent. He's the the like an American Peter Cushing who played who's a, in these uh, Hammer style vampire killer movies. Um, and he casually disposes of vampires. Um, in hundreds of films, and now he has to kind of do it for real. It's not quite the same. 
Um, so he he was in like Planet of the Apes and stuff, wasn't he? I think I recognise him for a few things. I think he was an ape, wasn't he? Wasn't he an ape? <laughs> <laughs> in Planet of the Apes, obviously. Yeah, we were all apes at some point in time. We're all apes at some point, mate. Yeah. We're all little little bacteria fishes, little tadpole. Yeah. Good times, eh? Good times. Nostalgia. <laughs> um, Amanda Burse. Didn't really recognise her that much. She plays the girlfriend, Amy Peterson. She plays the girlfriend. No disrespect, sorry. No disrespect to um, Amanda Beers. But initially, I was like, the girlfriend? She looks like 35. (laughs) She does later on as well. She like grows her hair out and stuff. She's like in school. And I was like, no. I mean, I know like they took some liberties (laughs) with kids being in school like back in the day, like Greece. But there's definitely a 45-year-old bloke in Greece. But I was like, surely not. But there we go. I recognised Evil Ed, Stephen Je- or Stephen Jeffries, Edward Evil Ed Thompson. He's got he a very... was an absolute nut job. Yeah. So <laughs> in the nineties, he was in a lot of gay porn, and uh, then he was went back to do Hollywood films in the thousands. Interesting. I yeah, Interesting I, was looking, I, was like, I was looking at all these actors to see what they did afterwards. Chris Sarandon. Oh yeah, here we go. During the nineties, he was in gay pornographic. He was using the alias Sam Ritter. Do I dare Google that? <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you? <laughs> well, I don't know. Here he is. It's just a picture of him with his top off, oiled up. There you uh, go. Evil. What if they did like? What if they did a gay porn version of Fright Night? What would they call it? I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was off his nut in this in this film. I was just almost like, to the point of, an, of being annoying. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Like, you want, no you want to be annoyed. around him, would you? No one laughs that much. On, on like, maybe some people do, but I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt like a, a proper caricature rather than a real person. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit straight. And I was like, just just turn it in, mate, isn't it? Just just give it a rest. Yeah. But then again, they're all kind of playing like um, caricatures to some point. To some, um, no, I mean like Peter Vincent playing the sort of um, I, I don't know what you call it like a hammer horror type person who's like desperate for money and stuff. I, it was good. I mean, all the characters are really well defined in this film. Like it's very solidly put yeah. together. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think a lot of them are in the sequel as well. Well, I know Charlie Brewster is. Um, so, yeah, if you want a little bit more of it. So I think it's called Fright Night Part 2, isn't it? Which is only a couple of years later. Charlie Brewster. Oh, Peter Vincent's in it as well. Ronnie McDowell. And looks like that's it. Mm, it's only no Evil Ed. Yeah. No Evil Ed, no Amy. Okay. So the film uh, starts with uh, Charlie and... Charlie and his missus are macking on each other. Is that what they say in America? Macking. What's that mean? We're like getting, getting down to it. Snogging. Macking? Yeah, I think that's what they say in America. <laughs> macking. Macking one off in the Don't corner. Don't tell me that and then I'll go to America and I'll say, do you want to fancy a Mac? And they go, you dirty, rotten sod. <laughs> yeah. Get out big, of it. Big Mac. <laughs> fancy a Big Mac. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, they're macking off, yeah. But um, whilst watching Peter Vincent it's like a vampire hunter TV show yep. that he does. Just gets gets you in the mood, really, doesn't it? If anything, yeah. 
this all happens within a very short space of time. So they're they're macking the TV. Peter Vincent's on the TV, uh, being read like he's he does this kind of he kills a vampire so casually, like he kind of just there's a vampire in the corner of the room. Someone's screaming, and he goes, "Hang on, it's like he's." Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Going to fix a sink. Like a leak in a sink. He's got his little Uh, toolbox. (laughs) Takes out a couple of bits. Really casually stakes this guy, gets a bit of blood in his face. It doesn't even seem to bother him. Like, he's so easy. And if you contrast that to how he is when he actually kills yeah. a vampire, it's quite quite effective. Um, mm. So, um, oh, and the, same, and the neighbor moves in at that point as well. So we get it all within, like, three minutes. Yeah, it's um, in, like, the same evening. Neighbor's moving in. Yeah. Uh, his mum, his mum's like single, and she mentions at some point she's like, "Well, I wonder if he's, uh, yeah, wonder if he's looking to get busy with someone." Max, uh, I wonder if he's looking to Max. Max. I wonder if he, funny well, it's a Mac and older woman. <laughs> I say <laughs> an older woman. How old is he, Jerry Dandridge? In this, he looks like. I mean, he's probably a hundred years old, considering he's a vampire. Yeah, but uh, so he moves in, and he's got like a bloke he lives with, isn't he? Who's his? Do you think there's a thing about gay, like a fear of of gay couples? In or like there's some, there's maybe not outwardly, but the way he's always eating apples. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm looking forward to it. Very going. sort. Of, I don't know where it's going, but I just remember thinking like they were they were looking suspiciously out of the window at this couple of men who'd moved into this house, and Thingy was like eating like apples, but like really. Um, <laughs> Well, even even Charlie, even Charlie's mum says he's probably gay. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. That. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Like, so initially, their distrust, Charlie's distrust of him, hmm. comes at the point that he sees like women going in there. Isn't that right? He sees uh, like a woman yeah, going in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and one morning, just like a woman going, oh, "Excuse me, is this number whatever?" And he goes, "Oh no, it's that one next door." So that's what his suspicion, yeah, becomes of, but. Yeah, I mean, I see what, you, what you're trying to say is he's eating 
Apple's like a gay man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like it's mid eighties. People had ridiculous fit. I mean, I'm not saying that the director was felt that way. I'm just like wonder if he was playing into that element a bit. But I don't know. Possibly the eighties obviously were a, were a difficult <laughs> difficult time to for a lot of different things. So yeah. maybe. Who knows? We, who knows what the undercurrents were? You couldn't eat an apple without people without thinking. Going, are you gay? Are you, are you eating an apple? Are you enjoying that was fruit and veg? One of your five a day? That's gay. <laughs> you want to eat nothing but meat? If anything, that's gay. Phallic, phallic symbols. Yeah. Um, there we go. Or maybe the thing about Adam and Eve. Maybe the snake eating it. I don't know. I feel like he was eating a lot of apples for it not to mean something. Like every I every ever that... scene, he's eating an apple. There are definitely. Why is he the vampire? I'm going to d- disregard disregard the apple bit because yeah. there might be something to do with that. But I think there's a lot to be said about like vampires and the way they're portrayed, like sexually. Yeah. And especially in the 80s, like when where obviously AIDS and things like that yeah. was very prevalent, and you know, um, safe well, sex was sort of just coming into this, just coming into the realm of things. It's, there's something to be said between that comparison and vampires. And this film is super erotic. That... Like, you know when the biting scenes start yeah. to happen? Like, yeah, there's exactly. like there's lot... porn trumpets. I think there's some porn trumpets. Like, simply porn <laughs> trumpets. <laughs> porn trumpets. Like, yeah. But there's something to be said. Yeah, there's definitely... Co- I think there's correlation between um, vampirism as a a disease you can essentially catch from somebody yeah. and, sexual, and sexual connotations as well. That's quite a potent idea. I'm, I'm sure it's been done in a few different ways. I know drug yeah. addiction is um, a big. Has it been done as like an STD kind of thing? I guess that's more the zombie. I don't know, but it feels like there's, there's more. There's it something. follows. Yes. Yeah. But that's not a vampire, obviously. But uh, yeah. basically, what you're trying to say is Jerry Dandridge, the way he ate an apple, just awoke something in you. Couldn't say <laughs> what it was, but. Exactly. He was eating apples a lot, and I always thought that vampires couldn't consume human food. But I guess, depending on the film, depends on well, the depends way on you the food. Eat. If it's an apple, yeah, it's all good. Because you all remember about the guy eating chips in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, yeah. He was chundering for days. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I guess depending on you know, depending on the film is the way it takes the vampire lore and the way it makes things because you always see this in vampire yeah. films where there's a crucifix and they go huh don't work on me oh that's yeah. just in the films that's just in a book and other films that kind of take it really seriously so but just just to visit the apple thing one more time he eats so many <laughs> he eats so many that it's almost like vampires don't only lust for blood in this film like they needed a ton of apples as well maybe that's kind of part of his trying to look like a normal human being uh, yeah thing. but i see a man eating that many apples i'm like there's yeah, something I mean, not right I mean, a, Apple Day keeps the doctor away. The Apple, the doctor's never going near him for <laughs> like ever again. Sorry, yeah. man, have you had any apples recently? He's, yeah, I've had a few. He, if he goes to the doctor's, his face is on a, like a piece of paper behind a desk. <laughs> not allowed in there. <laughs> the amount of apples you've been eating. You again. You, save some for the rest of us. Jesus. You know doctors are allergic to apples, which is why, yeah, there you go. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. So he sees like a woman going into the house, and then later that night he sees um, Jerry Dandridge getting on with another woman, and you see his like w- weird, creepy hand, and then he t- closes the curtains. 
Jerry Dandridge, if he's been a vampire for so long, he's not very good at like trying to hide the fact he's a vampire. He's only been there a few days, and already the kid opposite has within, seen enough. Within a, the space of a day, like curiosity, like people are suspicious. Yeah, like he must have come across that before, or yeah. at least him, him and his um, close the curtains familiar, before you start. Familiar dudes not going for it. Yeah, because he go because Charlie goes across to the house and tries to go into the basement, and then the f- familiar guy, what's his name? Mm. The, the Billy, yeah, yeah I think it's Billy. Like yeah, Billy. Billy. He like kind of get comes out and goes, "What are you doing, man?" Um, he's a weird guy, so isn't this? Yeah, he's a weird guy. He's just a bit annoying. I felt like I kept thinking, "Someone give him a slap." Yeah, he's a bastard. <laughs> um, but so he Charlie tells his mum, tells his friends, and they kind of all dismiss him. You know what you're talking about? Of course, there's not vampires that live opposite. You're a crazy person, and Charlie Brewster quite quickly involves the authorities he basically calls and says that he saw them getting rid of a body uh like the day before so a detective comes over to kind of question and jerry why so jerry's not there initially is he i think he's billy says he's away on business i think that just means he's in the coffin Yeah, yeah, he's just sleeping in the coffin. He's away on business. He's got some business to attend to because he gets up at Napping. six p.m. every day. <laughs> Very Lazy. <important> napping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's done. Uh, so at the same time, um, uh, Brewster's relationship with Amy is um, not good because she wants to have sex. <laughs> Or I think she's ready to take the next step and she doesn't feel like he's taking it seriously because he's constantly looking at his window, constantly going on about this neighbour. Um, Ed, uh, I think Ed just keeps calling him crazy at this point. Keeps calling him crazy, but I think he's like got some vampire facts for him at some point. He's like, don't yeah. worry about it. He can't get in your house unless he has an invitation. And pretty much that night, yeah, Charlie comes back to the house and Jerry's been invited in by his mum to basically clear the air because yeah. he pulled the cops on him and said that he killed someone. Um, I think those scenes and... where um, like where Charlie's looking out the window um, and he sees Jerry Dan- Dandridge <laughs> the vampire's name is Jerry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, there's like there's that sort of both of them know that he's a vampire but like no one believes thing. It, it, it there's quite something quite scary about it. I don't know. It feels quite. Um, yeah, and what's really strange is that rather than Jerry just kind of allow it to fizzle out, I guess, or allow Charlie to suddenly be um, become disinterested by it, he quite quickly just reveals his vampire identity and threatens Charlie. Yeah, um, who, who comes and visits him at night. And he basically says, you either forget that I'm a vampire. Nice. Couldn't he have done that thing? What's the thing where he does a Jedi mind trick? Uh, what's it called? It's called... It's got a word, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean? Like a, a glamour or something? Or... Glamour, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I knew it was so. What? Can he not do a bit of that? Can he not go, uh, you never saw me doing this, you twat. <laughs> and you don't remember me calling you a twat. Yeah. Oh, you don't remember that either. Um, it seems quite risky. I feel because it basically that yeah, breaks all of his stuff. Like his yeah. his mum, I think his mum's like saying, "Keep the TV down," and then yeah. like his cupboard gets annihilated. Like that must be. Must be like, what are you watching in there? I'm watching uh, Home Improvement, changing rooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> changing rooms. They're smashing the shit out of a cupboard. 
Yeah. <laughs> we should see it. Um so <laughs> I don't know what happened next. Uh so wait so Finn goes round, he gets stabbed in hand oh yeah, so he's gonna kill Brewster, I think. Uh but then Brewster stabs him in the hand with a pencil. I don't know why like it's like it's burning his hand like crazy. And his face gets he looks like uh he looks like a proper vampire then, like his face is really like he looks like Jeff Goldblum in the fly, like halfway yeah. through a transition. Trans- and he's got the weirdest, longest vampire hands. They go, these weird, creepy, long vampire yeah. hands. Um, so, yeah, Charlie basically gets given a chance to forget, but he basically starts, starts a bloody war. Um, yeah. And Jerry, like, hangs him out the window, doesn't he, at some point? Yeah. Oh, he stabs his hand with a pencil, doesn't he? Not with, not with the crucifix. Yeah, yeah. And doesn't he like Jerry destroys his car? Like goes, right, that's it, your car's getting it. Street that, Fighter style. Does that happen like off screen? So yeah, I, I think so. I thought that's just a weird thing to add. Like later on in the film, um I guess maybe it's a functional thing, like that means he can't escape or something. But it just seemed like the next day someone was like, Oh, he's destroyed my car. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe it's some mm. kids or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So it seemed like an extra detail. Sounds, sounds like a good Good excuse. Yeah. Um, and then, what does he do? Is well, he, he, follow, he doesn't. Peter and Vincent involved at this point. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't follow him around town yet. This does a little bit later. So he tries to get Peter Vincent involved, who's like basically just been told his show's cancelled because people aren't scared of that anymore, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a few years since Hammer Horror stuff was kind of popular. Um, and he kind of dismisses Charlie as an obsessed fan to start with, but then. Charlie's really pushing, um, but yeah, he just drives off. Yeah, um, but then he, he's like, "I'm going to kill the neighbor." Um, he knows he sleeps in the coffin in the day, so he's going to sneak down there. Um, so Amy and Ed decide to get Peter Vincent to come and stop Charlie from killing then the neighbor. Um, and the way they do, I mean, they go to Peter Vincent's apartment, and Peter Vincent like. He's just been told he's got no job, or he's going to get evicted, or something like this. Um, so it's it's played really well. It's um it's pretty funny the the conversation between them all. There's the idea that he keeps saying, "I've just been offered a role in Hollywood or something," and then she's like, "Oh, yeah. I can pay you. Oh, how much?" Like he's instantly sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea. Um, yeah, he's a bit down and out, but yeah. He sees a he sees a chance to make a quick buck. Yeah, so they called the neighbor and they were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna convince Bruce that you're not a vampire, and the way we're gonna do that is by showing you a cross." And it's like, "No, I can't have a cross here because I'm a reborn Christian." I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I I know there's reborn Christians, but I didn't know they didn't like crosses. Um, yeah. Oh. Same with holy water. They don't like holy water, so you can't make this water holy. Um, so then. They all go to the neighbor's house. Charlie, he was convinced that he's a vampire. Everyone else is like, no, he's not, but they're going to convince convince Charlie because uh, Charlie's turning into a nutcake. Um, yeah. He's just not letting it go. Yeah, so what do they do? They all decide to meet up at Jerry's house. I mean, I don't know what Jerry is trying to sort of gain. Yeah, so I was thinking this. this. Why, why, does, why is Jerry playing along? Unless it's some sort of game yeah. for him. Because this, he seems to care too much about what um, Charlie thinks of him. 
or yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense. Either kill him or like just yeah, stay out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe, maybe well, especially yeah. it's a little bit how, strange how casually he goes and kills them, like people later on. Like he turns yeah. head on a bit of a, a whim. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems strange, but it's it's a cool little scene though. Um, they give him the holy water, and even though he says it's not blessed to him, if I was a vampire, I'd be like. There's still a ch- I'm not. It. Yeah, sniff it. Sniff yeah. it. Are you sure? You wouldn't drink it all, would you? You might. You might go. You might go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's blessed. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. See, delicious. Um, yeah, Volvic. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't doesn't explode. Bruce is like, I'm still not convinced because yesterday, I saw your face melt. <laughs> yeah. So I'm fairly certain. Remember when your that. face melted? Nah, nah, that never <laughs> happened. Yeah, got meant. Um, but on the way out, uh, Peter Vincent was checking his makeup or something in that little mirror. I don't know why he gets it. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he notices that thingy doesn't cast a reflection. I'm assuming this is the first time Peter Vincent has come across a vampire in any form. Yeah, yeah I think so. And, yeah. You know, what I mean, he doesn't seem totally terrified. He seems a bit like, oh, oh no. A little bit. You wouldn't be like, well, what the fuck? Well, I think he's he's put he's putting a face on, isn't he? I think he's trying to still be cool. Yeah. To, the, to these kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um. And he drops and smashes the mirror. Obviously. I guess Jerry at this point knows. Obviously, he must have seen it. He leaves. Um. And Jerry like goes after them, doesn't he? he goes like after all of them. Because Ed and Amy and Charlie sort of like go off. Where do they go? They kind of go into town, don't they? they they're going to walk I think they're walking, walking Ed. That's it. Walking, walking Amy home. And yeah. then Ed obviously goes off into, into like an alleyway and gets hunted down by Jerry. This is weird because Jerry seems pretty cool now with just killing all three of them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, he just or he's a bit like wanted to wanted to hide his identity and now he's fine to just hunt everybody down and yeah murder him i um there's the, i like the idea that he starts to turn people it feels a bit more salem's lot like uh, the way he sort of refer, in fact there's a lot of similarities to salem's lot um you know him mm. having a um what's his name what's his name cult billy him having a billy <laughs> yeah um and uh, uh, they call him the master and that kind of thing um yeah, so it is quite scary. This bit, I mean, they're kind of running through town. Um, Ed, poor Ed, who you, you don't like as a character or as a person, but you kind of feel sorry for him, and it's like an annoying little dog, like puppy or something. Like he doesn't deserve to be like turned into a vampire. Um, and also, he seems really scared. But um, Jerry's like, uh, "Take my hand, Ed, and no one will ever bully you because you're dead. You are quite annoying. <laughs> you don't, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed." Either led, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. Yeah, this will won't. So well, this, you won't be any less annoying. I can't. No, in a way, there. more more annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he turns him into a vampire, and then then he gives he's like, oh, I feel like going clubbing. This bit was so eighties. Like, yeah. it kind of did make me think. Oh, I wonder what it'd be like to go clubbing in the eighties. Like, this just seems pretty. Pretty nuts. It's like, why do they? I guess they're running away, and they decide to go into a nightclub because 
which yeah. is going to be busy. And they think Jerry's not going to be able to kill them in front of everybody else. Jerry can't um, go inside unless but... he's invited. See, I don't think that's oh, true yeah. in this bit. I mean, he must have been invited by someone. But like in... What the, ba- the, the, bounce, the bounce... Do you want to come in? Come on in. Yeah, yeah. He, he had to get a bouncer to He had to show to a couple in. of dance moves outside. We didn't, didn't see this bit on the film. Vogue. But yeah, obviously very, very erotic, this bit where he's kind of like, I guess, hypnotizing slash dancing with Amy. I guess I can understand why now they cast her as a sort of an older, an older girl playing a slightly younger girl because she yeah. has to be like suddenly sexualized quite a bit. Um, it's true. And she's supposed to be like 17 in this or something like that. So and we're supposed to like believe that like Jerry's, you know, gonna cop off of her i guess yeah, yeah and and for it and for it not to seem as creepy as perhaps it actually is yeah i mean they start dancing i mean it's it's like i don't know what that dance move is called i don't know what any dance moves are called but it's, it's <laughs> definitely not jive i know it's not that it's this very sort of sharp like it's a like she's presenting her neck and then taking it away and it's like like sudden movements i don't know what you call yeah. it I don't know what you call it. Uh, bit, she's been a bit of a tease. Yeah, driving Jerry nuts. He just wants a bit of blood. And we find out a, a little bit later that his lost love. He's got a painting of someone, hasn't he? His lost yeah. love. Don't know where she um, went. Like, pr- pretty much. <laughs> where did she bloody go? She <laughs> fucked right off. Um, she looks like Amy. So because yeah. when he sees her in the house earlier, he kind of went like, he went, Amy, that's but... her, isn't it? That's her. Right. <laughs> it looks a bit like Amy, but her teeth are a bit too small. I think I know how to fix that. Her <laughs> <laughs> teeth are a little bit too small. The one problem she always had, small teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so in the the craziness of it all, uh, he steals Amy. I don't know. I think he glamours her. He must do, do a glamour. Or maybe like, it's just it's the like power a, of dance. It's like a hypnotism, isn't it? Well, maybe yeah. it's the power of dance. Yeah, dance can be very powerful in the yeah. right hands. Yeah. Uh, not in, not my, Not me. Dance with me is just—it's probably got the opposite effect. Yeah. Um, if a, if a woman was attracted to me, if I danced, it <laughs> oh, would then put her off. Yeah. She'd be unhypnotized. She go, yeah. fuck it out, Jesus Christ. The state of it. Yeah. What do you call it when you dance the ska music again? The skanking. Yeah. Skanking. That's that's what I do. It's never worked. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? He's skanking over there. What to Adele? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, he kind of annihilates a couple of uh, say bodyguards, um, bouncers. Yeah, he, he kind of takes, takes like, one's um, throat out, and yeah, but it's like bouncers that get sort of dragged into basically sling him out, and he fucks people. Like, this is the thing; he's be so keen to keep his identity hidden or whatever. Why is he just out there murdering everybody? No CCTV back then. You can get away with this kind of stuff. That's true. No social media. That's true. No one can be Facebook hunting. Who's that? That's like following like a tag chain to try and find him. Who's that guy with the really weird long hands? There's a few of those like club photos, like really ugly club photos of his face all greasy. <laughs> <laughs> greasy for, yeah. With a blue, blue tongue for some reason. Somebody's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a good night. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he leaves and then Charlie um, basically goes... And ask Vincent for help again. But before that, Ed does go to Vincent and attacks him. And Vincent like burns his head with a crucifix. 
Yeah. Um, it's quite it's quite iconic, like the makeup and the vampire effects in this. Like if you saw a vampire from any of the of these films, you'd know it was a Fright Night vampire. Yeah. yeah. There's something very specific about the way they look, um, which I think is good. It's good that it's got like a u- unique look. I think the special effects are really good in this um, and the creature design. I don't know who, who did it. Um, I don't know if it's one of the big players. Do you know? Let me have a quick look. I'm not sure, actually. Makeup and visual effects. Uh, Richard Edland, mm. who apparently um, did some stuff on Ghostbusters. Oh, well, Ghostbusters was good as well. Um, but yeah, oh, so apparently they did just completed work on Ghostbusters <laughs> when they when they started to work on Fright Night. So there we go. Okay, yeah. It's really good. Um, yeah, so Ed kind of like scatters and then we start to come towards the end, the final act of the film. Um, Peter Vincent decides he's going to try and help um, mm-hmm. Bruce. How does this... I don't know how this so I think, works out. So I think Charlie goes back to, after all this has happened, hmm. he goes back to uh, Vincent and basically asks him to to help. But he Bloody says help no. me! But he says no. He's going to run away or something. I kind of feel like. Uh, so let's have a look. So I think obviously. So he gains help. So an, an initial initially frightened Vincent refuses, but then reluctantly resumes his vampire killer role yeah. as Billy approaches his neighbor's house. So he like takes a big box of all his bits and bobs. Yeah. Uh, like crucifix, holy water, uh, stakes, all that nonsense. And the house is like um, super spooky now. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's one of the like, houses uh, from the films. Yeah. So Char- Charlie's um, crucifix is the only one that really has any power because he's like actually got faith in it. So they kind of explain that. So when Peter Vincent shows him a shows him a crucifix, it doesn't really work. But as soon as soon as Charlie does, he's like, oh. Oh, that does work a bit. Oh, I did do that to me, you how, bastard. How does this play out? Because Peter Vincent ends up in Charlie's house. I can't yeah. remember how that logically works now. So, so I think, so Bill, Bill, it says, Billy appears and knocks Charlie unconscious over the banister, leaving Vincent to flee to Charlie's house. So he just runs away. He goes, right, that's enough for uh, me. Okay, all right. See you later. I'll go back to Charlie's house. Yeah. Um, but there he gets attacked. How does he know where or Charlie's maybe, house is? I've not been there yet. It goes to the wrong wrong side. Yeah. It just ends up in Mr. and Mrs. Smith's house. Yeah. Smith's house. Um and then obviously Ed is is attacking Charlie's mum. I don't think he's kill, killed her or hurt no, her. She's anything. out, she's at work, she works nights just, or something. Oh yeah, that's uh, it. That's he's it. pretending to be about... Charlie's mum in the in the bed. Doing a voice, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um and then he turns into a wolf. And runs towards uh, runs towards Peter Vincent, Vincent, Vincent. Yeah. Um, but then what does he do? Well, he's pe- oh yeah, he's on a broken table leg that Vincent like holds. Most of the furniture in that house by this point is like sawdust, just like the dust. Of- <laughs> yeah. And he uh, sticks like a stake right into Ed, like as obviously he jumps yeah. down, and then we get like a really long. Practical effects. It's it's like it really got to me this time when I was watching it. Um, So Ed, he's he from his wolf form turns back into his human form very slowly, and then like he's like obviously in like crazy pain, like he can't get the thing out of him. Um, He's like breathing slower and slower, and and 
Peter Vincent just watches him die and he's crying at the end of it. Like he's sort of, it's, it's, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's, it's really brutal. Like it's really sort of, and I think it, it just works so well because of how casually he was kind of killing these vampires in the film and like how he kind of brushed it up as a, mm. I don't know, it, it works, it always worked for me, but this time I was watching, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is quite effective. Like it really got to me. Yeah, um, and that scene, that scene was the one that really, really did terrify me when I was, when I was a kid, um, and I yeah. really struggled to watch it. It was just the, the the length of time it goes on for. If it was just a couple of quick scenes, then I probably would be able to deal with it more. But it just goes on and on and on. It's like agony. Yeah, you kind of feel the agony of that character as he's as he's turning back in. Brutal. There's, there's some weird like goopiness as well. Um, like when it's it's like rebuilding his hand, human hands, like it's it's some sort of melted goop in reverse thing happening um yeah yeah so at the same time amy's sending into a vampire next door with brewster locked in pete vincent runs over um and then he breaks inside to, to let brewster out i don't know why they just decide to leave amy on the floor they're like she's helpless um yeah yeah i don't know uh, but as they're coming out billy uh comes to stop them and he gets yeah. shot in the head. Could we, at this point, we think Billy's a human. He's been out in the sun. I've not seen him eat yep. any apples, but he's mostly... He's eating no apples. Yeah. In fact, he hates apples. I've not seen him eat anything. Um, but uh, yeah, but, uh, So Billy gets shot in the head like five, five times or something ridiculous. Um, and he gets back up. And then they stake him, I guess. Uh, so yeah, they destroy him somehow. But he's so he's not a vampire. He's just some sort of undead. Yeah, he melts like into green goo and sand. So I yeah. guess he's supposed to be like some some sort of zombie. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, he's, I don't know. It's weird. He's, he's, this, he's some sort of ghoul or monster or something. Some sort of ghouly scoop. So like, maybe like Jerry has made him somehow out of something and Clay. gave him life, giving him I mean, life. That's why his face looks like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just my face, mate. Well, there's something off about it. I don't understand. Someone made that from um, mud. Mud and sticks or something. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've not spent long enough So around about kiln. this time... <laughs> get getting back, back in the kiln. kiln. <laughs> get back in the kiln. You're all warped. You need warped. five more minutes. It's so, golden brown. Yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> around about this time, it's like pretty much like the sun's coming up and there's a bit where Jerry transforms into a bat yeah. and attacks both of them. But then he goes straight for his coffin in the basement. Yes. Um, and when they in there quick, yeah, super yeah, tight. I, I mean, it, that's the shortest night ever. Uh, actually, maybe it's not. Maybe the, I guess the night started around about the time. Also, that death scene of Evil Ed was a long time. Maybe they, yeah, maybe yeah, they sped that up. That was a couple of hours, and every, <laughs> yeah. everyone in Jerry's house were just standing around waiting for it to happen. The reason Peter um, was crying is because his legs were aching. He's like, fucking hell. <laughs> This is take number seven hundred. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they go down to the basement where Jerry's in his coffin. They open it, mm. try to stake him through the heart, but then Amy is like oh, this, transforming. They, they mistake him. Going, they, someone needs to do that joke. They mistake point. him. Like he wasn't actually oh, vampire. What Oops! What a mistake! Everyone laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Everyone laughs. Even the crew. The, the <laughs> yeah. take is ruined. Yeah. Uh, um, so Charlie's fighting off Amy. Why is her hair grown? Why is that part of her transformation? That her hair has gone from like a little pixie mm. cut or a little curly cut, little 80s curly cut, to now a shoulder length. Is that what happens? If you want to grow your hair, you become a vampire. 
we're on to something. Yeah, well, I do feel like the film gets... I don't, I don't know why, why that happens, but I feel like the film gets more gothic. So uh, Jerry looks more and more like um, a Barlow... Is that his name, Barlow? I can't remember. More and more like a, a, what you'd expect a vampire, a creepy old vampire to look yeah. like. More of a, a Chris Lee, Christopher Lee sort of looking vampire. And what's his name? The, the house is getting spookier. Um, what's the face? Gets longer and more gothic, evil, hammer, horror looking thing. But then she's got crazy big mouth thing going on. Um, yeah, that's mad. That was, yeah, that was pretty scary. Also, Ed, when he was trying, when he was pretending to be Charlie's mum, his mouth was like much bigger and teethier. Yeah. She was like, she was like, do you want a Mac? Should we Mac do some Macking? <laughs> and he's like, mm, <laughs> no, that's, no, that, don't that is a Big Mac. <laughs> I'd rather do anything but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we get it's like a traditional, like killing a vampire scene where you know holes in the in the basement are being created, yeah. so the sunlight's pouring oh, in. Mate, there is very some Ghostbusters style special effects, like the energy, the way energy is rotoscoped yeah. onto the. Uh, Onto the yeah. celluloid. Yeah, that's super ghost busty. Um, mm. uh, Very ghost Yeah. And then he dies and he does he explode? My head he I explodes, imagine he like... probably does. Yeah. Yeah. He turns oh he goes into he burns, turns to a skeleton. Yeah. With wings. And then to dust. Yeah, yeah. With wings and then to dust. Um the effects when he's a bat are pretty good as well. Like he looks batty. Yeah, there's a bit where he's not yet a bat, but he's outside a window and he's kind of crawling around. He looks a bit like um, like a moth that's trying to get in, yeah. get inside <laughs> to the light. Like he's kind of clumsily scattering around. You're not coming in. You're not coming in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It cuts a bit and later. Um, uh, I think Thingy's watching TV again. Bruce is watching TV, but he doesn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I think... Peter Vincent is basically he's on TV and he says there's going to be a hiatus from it and he's going to protect, present something new called Octoman. Um, which I think it was a film in the seventies, like a hmm. monster film in the seventies. So, um, and then they're both watching the film, and then he gets up, turns off the TV, and then doesn't he think he sees like some eyes in Jerry's house? Yeah, and then and then obviously we get. A little ending thing as the, just before the credits roll, we hear Ed's voice saying, "Oh, you're so cool, Brewster." In that dead annoying voice. That dead annoying voice, and I'm yeah. like, "Why keep him alive, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah. He's not even in the sequel, I don't think. Still stuck in the basement. He can't get out. He's still stuck in the basement the old yeah. bloody time. Uh, and there we go. That's it. I've got some. That's um, the end. Not trivia, but I've got a bit of a name game for you. Very nice. So for new listeners, I've found five of uh, quite unknown films uh, that have similar sounding names to Fright Night. This one, The first one I found was um, was about a guy called Brewster who finds out that his neighbour is a right shit. But not unrelated, he's also Scottish. Do you know what it's called? <laughs> he's a right shit and he's Scottish. Yeah. Um... Well, that's on the tip of my tongue. No, go on. Shite night. Is it going to be awful? <laughs> Shite night. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Shite night. This other film I found <laughs> was um, about a guy called Brewster, and he discovers that his neighbour's just moved in. It is the personification 
of the period of time when the sun goes down. Yeah, I don't know if you know what that one's called. Sonification of the period of time when the sun goes down. <laughs> yeah. What is that called? Sunset? <laughs> no. After I guess the period of time after the sun's gone down. That should be it. Night night. Yeah. Well then. Okay. This one I don't think it works. Uh Brewster, this character <laughs> Brewster realizes he's in fact Guinevere and that his neighbour is actually Sir Lancelot. Night night, but K N Well done. GHT. This one, Definitely works, this one Definitely could be works. um could be quite offensive. I'm not not quite sure. So Brewster <laughs> <laughs> Brewster discovers that his neighbour is secretly both a man and a woman, and he has to fight society who doesn't treat his neighbour with the proper respect. <laughs> I mean it's fairly it's all in there. His neighbor is it secret- topical? No, his neighbor is secretly a man and a woman, uh, and then Bruce has to pr- protect him, her from society, who they don't treat her, him with the proper respect. Uh, <laughs> hermaphrodite knight. Yep. <laughs> well <done. laughs> and the last one. I mean, um, it's not it's not offensive because okay. we weren't we weren't uh, saying anything negative about hermaphrodites. No. Who no. exist? Uh, so uh, there we go. The last one. It's, about, it's a weird little film I found. It's about a, ca- a character called Brewster. Weird. And um, he finds out that his neighbour is secretly chocolate covered rose flavoured jelly. <laughs> well, Turkish Delight Night. Correct. Yeah. Secretly. How would you maintain that as a secret? Well, at first he, he maintains it a secret, but then he's not bothered. And it's quite easy, quite obvious that he's actually chocolate covered rose flavoured jelly. <laughs> I haven't had a I haven't had a Turkish delight, a chocolate covered rose colored rose flavored <laughs> jelly in a long time. Well, good because they don't taste very good. I think they're one of the worst dis- like treats you can give anyone. Like it's it's, it's like, like giving someone a chocolate soap. Yeah, it's like giving someone uh, a a bowl of custard and there's a slice of cucumber inside somewhere. Like why would you? <laughs> <laughs> why would you lovely. give them? Why would you give them? It's like giving someone a beautiful garden. And there's a landmine somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> like <laughs> that's better. I like that. That's a better one. Like it looks great. There's but... a landmine in there somewhere, and you've got massive. Uh, you've got Doctor big... Martin boots on, and you've got to walk around <laughs> looking for it. If you want to enjoy the garden, yeah, but if it's a great garden. garden. Have a have a potter around in there, Granddad. By the way, there's a landmine. Watch out! <laughs> Watch out! Oh, <laughs> blew his legs off. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, well done. We need to rate the film. Uh, oh. I think you're going to go lower than me. I'm going to suspect. I'll go first yeah. because otherwise you won't know if I'm just going. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll change it just yeah. to keep it on the set. I mean, for, for me, I'm the more every time I watch this, I like it more and more. It's the grower. Um, I mean, I liked it the first time, so it's just it started from good. It's just grown to great. Um, it's just really cool. I love everything about it. Really, it's. Maybe the next time I watch it, it will be an A minus, but it's not there yet. It's a B plus for me at the minute. Okay. Do you know what? I was thinking B plus ish, uh, but I might go lower than you just to make sure you're um... <laughs> correcting myself. <myself. laughs> just say you're correcting what you said and you feel good about that and you don't feel yeah. bad and think, God, 
why do I keep doing this podcast? Because, you know, I'm losing it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think it's a standard B for me because it's very yeah. enjoyable. Um, and it does make me want to go and watch the sequel. So I think I will go and watch the sequel. I think I'm going to watch I the sequel as well. I don't remember much about the remake. One thing I do remember about the remake is that the guy who plays McLovin in Superbad, Christopher Mintz Plasse, is Ed. Is oh, evil that Ed. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that does make sense. That kind of works. Um, there's loads of people in it. There's So I'm just looking at the cast there. So you've got Anton Yelchin, Christopher, uh, Christopher Mintz Plasse, um, Colin Farrell, David Tennant, Tony Collette, Dave Franco, Dave Imogen Poots has got everyone, mate. He's got everyone. Everyone you could ever want. Yeah. Um, I'm going to watch the sequel. I don't remember if I've even seen it, to be honest. So it could be. I don't think I've seen the sequel. Actually, um, this would be a good one for like Halloween. Like it feels like a good October kind of movie. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. It's a good October kind of movie. So yeah. I'm going to watch the sequel. This week. Bang in the middle of September. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Very nice. All right, man. Uh, so next week we're doing. Um, I know we did last summer. Yeah, we'll do that for the next episode, definitely. So uh, cool. We'll be back in. We'll be back in two weeks again. Is that right? Because you're away, I'm next, away week. next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be back in two weeks again. Um, so for now, we're still committing to the fortnightly episode. There yeah. we go. Very nice. All right, man. Uh, so if you enjoyed the show, please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for a few music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and joining the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board Advisors. And thanks to my co-host Ben for being a right horror dude. Thank you very much, Luke. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Turkish Delight Night Part 2. Turkish Delight Night Part 2. What a great film. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.